It's alive. It's alive. Gallagher Iba Arena comes back to life for Bedlam as we take down OU for the fourth time in a row in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It was a big one. It was a fun one. And it really was a must win. So what does that even mean? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me on Twitter, at Aldeo State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube. So this was the definition of a must-win, but why? Uh, and then, you know, later on in the episode, we'll talk a little bit about Spencer Sanders finding a destination. Uh, we'll circulate around the rumor mill. But I want to focus on what we've been harping on for weeks now, which is how sad it has been to see Gallagher-Iba Arena with 2,000 people in it, with 3,000 people in it. Yes, I come from a, a time where filling up Gallagher-Iba was commonplace, right? So I've had people hit me up and, and talk about how you know, I didn't grow up when it was sold out all the time and, and this and that and the other. So I want this episode to be filled up. I want the comment section to go crazy on this one because if you did attend the game, I want to hear the, the experience you had. If you had never attended a game before, I definitely want to hear the experience you've had. And then even for us nostalgic types, if you grew up in the time where Eddie Sutton Court was filled all the time, I definitely want to hear from you as well because I think we can connect the dots all the way around and come up with this formula for how to market Gallagher-Iba Arena. It clearly worked, right? And that's due to Mike Boynton. Mike Boynton has talked about how, you know, he wants to be more engaging with the fans. So whether it be actually just being on campus and talking to, to, to students, figuring out what they want to do, where they come from, where they want to go, what they want to you know, uh, do when they get outside of college. He's even open to willing open and willing, sorry, to jump on some Twitter spaces and have conversations with the fan base. And it has allowed this, this almost 11,000 people to pack Gallagher-Iba Arena was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I was getting pictures pregame of the line uh, for the student section. And before the game even started, I was happy. Now, why is this a must win? Well, you know, that gets thrown around quite often, right? That terminology is must win, must, must, must win. Well, I, I think, realistically speaking, this is a very, very good time to diagnose what that means. Okay, so we know in, in the Big 12, basketball, we control everything, right? And to stay competitive in the Big 12 race, you are going to have to win some games, right? That's not rocket science. I'm not saying any, anything that you guys don't already know. The thing of it is, though, the must-win scenario it's because the crowd, right? This has been my biggest mission statement on this channel is to continue to put up, put up enough content that it, it gets spread far and wide so we can fill up Gallagher on a regular basis, right? And 
that almost happened, right? We, we hold over 13,200, but almost 11,000 when the rest of this season has been 2,000, 2,300, 2,700, 3,200. And it's just, it was so sad. But the must-win thing, if we would have had this crowd and we would have laid a complete dud, what happens next game? It's not the same. That's why the definition of a must-win fits this exact game. OU is a team that we should beat. And they're pretty good. Guys, we jumped like over 10 spots in the Ken Palm rankings from one game against a team that's technically at the bottom half of the league too. This was a big win. And the crowd was part of it. I mean, Mike Boynton even said that this one goes 50% on the players for executing and finding ways to finish and 50% on the fan base. And I think that's 100% accurate. When Gallagher Iba Arena is rocking and rolling, you guys know, you've heard me say it a thousand times, there's nothing like it. You can fill up Boone Pickens Stadium. You can fill up Obrey. You could even fill up Old Alley P. And it's not the same as Gallagher Iba Arena. And now we have enough people finally get to experience that. Student section is usually like under 3,000. We had almost 5,000 students. So literally, literally half of the people there were students. And that's because of Mike Boynton being on campus, promoting, talking in interviews about what's actually going on. People feel more connected to men's basketball than they do in men's football or any, any football. It's just, it's a fact of life, and it's so great that we got that W. That's the must-win that we had to have because now, now that we've had almost 11,000 people, Pat Gallagher, Iba Arena, and a good portion of those maybe have never seen it like that and never felt that experience, they're going to want more. It is a drug that you cannot get enough of. If you go to a packed out Gallagher, Iba Arena, especially in the W, especially over OU in Bedlam, it does something. So out of those almost 5,000 students that showed up, which is double what it usually is, I think it's fair to wager that all of those people will most likely be back Saturday because that's an experience. It's a feeling, right? You can feel it in your loins. You feel it in your bones. You get the chills. You walk out of the stadium and your, your ears are ringing and your head hurts. But that memory, there's nothing like it. So I'm glad that, you know, a lot of people got to experience that last night. I'm glad we got the W because now it sets up a big-time matchup against Iowa State in Gallagher-Iba Arena, and they're ranked number 12 in the country. And according to Mike Boynton, in his opinion, the most well-rounded team in the Big 12. Everyone's talking about Kansas. Everyone's talking about Kansas State. Everyone's talking about Texas. Being number 12 in the country – and not being talked about, it's kind of odd. Matter of fact, their last two games were on the, the nosebleed ESPN, ESPN plus crap. Now, I do know those contracts are done significantly earlier on into the season, so they can't, they can't guesstimate which teams are going to be you know, the, the highlight. And in the Big 12, let's be real, every game you put on primetime is probably a safe bet. So you can't be too mad. But Iowa State does feel disrespected. Even though they're the number 12-ranked team in America – they feel disrespected. They now are going to be more awake. I mean, heck, they know good and daggone well. You cannot go into Galgar Iba Arena and not, not play your A game. It's just, it's not going to happen. And if you want to increase your A game, I'm going to encourage you to go to betonline.net. 
You all know it's your number one source for sports betting, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college football, bowl season, basketball, World Cup. We've got you covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we have you covered there as well. For always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It is where the game starts. And here, locked on Oklahoma State, we're just here to point you in the right direction. So, yeah, the must-win thing, this is, again, the, the definition as to why. Because if we lay a dud, there is no chance. There is not a snowball's chance in Hades that we get 11,000 people in the stands for Iowa State wearing orange. And this, this is the next point, guys. Iowa State basketball, they travel, especially when they're good, especially when they didn't have that great of a football season. So if we don't pack out Galgar-Iba Arena, the Iowa State fans will. So, again, leave your your, your like, uh, subscribe, comment, all that fun jazz. But more importantly, get this out to the masses so we can continue to have this attendance game uh, uh, escalate. We do not want a bunch of burgundy and gold or whatever the heck they, they, they wear, maize and fake purple, whatever it is, don't care. Do not let all that maize and fake purple fill up the Dagon Stadium. Please. We just put almost 11K in the seats for Bedlam. Now we have a, a, a top 15, arguably a top 10 team coming into Galgar for Saturday. And it's a weekend. So again, come on. Let's not let all of these Cyclone fans fill up Galgar Arena and take the Dagon thing over. Because I promise you, that is their intention. That is their plan. They're going to show up. And they're going to show up in droves. And they're going to try to take every scalp ticket physically possibly available. Let's not let that happen. Let's let them stand outside, right? They can enjoy the cold. And we'll, we'll have a runner. And we'll send a runner out every now and again just to let them know uh, in, their, in their greatest, you know, water boy type of voice, hey, you suck again. That's the plan. Fill up the daggone stadium with orange. Keep those dudes outside. And then rub it in their face after we get this dub. This Bedlam win is what we needed for the fan base to become more engaged. This Bedlam win is what we needed for the student section and the student body to become more engaged. Mike Boynton being on campus and being in spaces and being in interviews and being transparent and talking about practice, talking about injuries, it allows us to feel much more connected. Now, do we have a problem selling out Boone Pickens Stadium? No, we don't. But if anybody says that our fan base cannot grow exponentially, I think that that's just being nearsighted. We have so much more we can do. We have so much more we can accomplish. We have miles and miles still to go on what is possible. But it starts with the, the fan engagement. And the, let's say every player, we had Kalen Boone on the show, and we've got so, some more players and former players uh, that, that will be announcing a little bit later on uh, this well, possibly even some this weekend. Um, and then we're going to do another episode here in a couple hours and, and cover a lot of baseball stuff. So make sure you stick around for that. But I wanted to, to have the emphasis on this because on this show, we have mentioned Gallagher Iba Arena 73,000 times. And how fun it was as a kid 
to go into Galgriba knowing it was going to be 10, 11, 12K. Just, you just knew it. It didn't matter who you played. It didn't matter what was going on. I mean, heck, as a kid, just, just to show up and watch Desmond Mason play the game. Doug Dolly, you know, the, the old school bedlams, the, the battles that Desmond Mason and, and Eduardo Nahara used to have were great. You can even go to the, the Kevin Bookout days for OU. This was exactly what we needed to launch pad. Now, Saturday, I am very confident now after seeing that crowd that we will show up, we will show out, and we will squeeze all of the, the Cyclones out of the building onto the streets happily. Because, again, fill up the comment section. Let me know your experience in Galgrab Arena, whether it's new, whether it's old, whether you know it's uh, something that you've been nostalgically waiting on. I really would like to, to to hear everybody's perceptions on how the game went for them. And even if you just watched it on TV, you could feel the electricity. I, uh, when we had that uh, that possession where they had a shot clock violation, right? And there's there's images on uh, Twitter of Mike Boynton going absolutely flipping crazy. That's the guy. And do we have to hold every coach accountable? Yes. But for all of those that are like, well, you, you guys want to be mean to Gundy, but you give Mike Boynton an award for, you know, being uh, almost 500. No, that's not it. It's more than that. It's it, Again, as a fan base, losses are a lot more easy, uh, easily manageable when you have some context, right? So everybody loves having the, the water cooler talk, the locker room talk, whatever you want to call it, right? You want to go to work and you want to have these conversations, especially after a bedlam. And you want to be able to talk about what, what is happening, what went right, what went wrong, what we need to fix, what we can fix. These are conversations that as O-State fans, from a football perspective, we've been pretty much shoved in the corner and pushed into the dark. But basketball, you now see why engagement matters. You now see why if a coach is invested, then he will potentially get that in return. If a coach is transparent and he makes everybody feel like they're part of the family, part of the process, part of the, I don't know, cowboy culture, then this is a result. And now we get more of it because we won in a must win. Now Saturday, I'm firmly confident that we can, in fact, Philip Gallagher-Iba yet again even more this time because it's a bigger game against a top top 15 team in a conference that you got to start chipping off some of these W's. You're not going to win every game. Mike Boynton uh, talked a little bit about it the other day. He talked about how the Big 12 is the most rounded conference by, you know, 73 country miles. Because if you look at the other conferences – there are still teams that are, you know, 15 and 2, 14 and 1, right around that, that, that range. You don't see that in the Big 12 very much. Everybody has a conference loss in the conference already. And we're only six games into the daggone thing. That's how good the Big 12 is. You've heard the argument me made that all 10 teams could get into the tournament. That's legitimate. That could happen. Probably not going to happen. But nine. 100% realistic. Eight, no, no questions asked. We will get eight teams in the tournament um, if we just took a nap. 
getting nine teams in should be the expectation. Ten is a possibility. So you don't want to be hovering down at the bottom, right? So you got to chip off some of these games. And Iowa State coming to Gallagher-Iba Arena, it's a big one. Because when you go to the Hilton Coliseum, as women's basketball just proved, it's hard to win there. Right? Going to the Fog, that's hard to win there. Going uh, to Texas's big new fancy state arena, hard to win there. So if you win the games at home, you're going to set yourself up for a tremendous, tremendous amount of success, not only in the regular season, but it's going to propel you into the Big 12 tournament and give you a pretty good seed, right? If you can get the six, seven, or belower seeds in the Big 12 tournament, you got to like your chances. Now, if you're the the bottom two teams, it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult proposition for you to make some headway. Not impossible, but it's going to be a difficult proposition. We needed this crowd. We needed this win. And we needed it in the way that we got it. Guys, that was OU's worst loss of the season. OU's very comparable to us, realistically. If you look at it, uh, we played more top, like, 10 teams. Um, but they have lost several games in the last 30 seconds, minute. I mean, that's the same as us. So there's a lot of similarities which made this even more of a must-win. Again, this is the launching pad to the Iowa State game. And now, now we know what kind of crowd we can put in there. And now we know what that crowd can do. You ask every player on that roster, they will tell you that the crowd played the biggest part. The crowd and them playing fast. Uh, because, you know, going up to Lawrence to play KU – uh, Mike Boynton slowed everything down a little bit because you didn't necessarily want to get in a track meet in the fog because it can get out of hand. But he he admitted he didn't exactly, you know, reel that back in after the trip to Lawrence, right? Because the rest of the season, the objective was to be very, very high-flying, very fast-paced, uh, get up and down the floor. And then from KU on, we focused on our half-court sets, which it's good that you're working on the offensive stuff, but Let's face it, guys. We thrive in chaos. Fast break opportunities give our athletes the ability to not only space the floor, but show their athleticism. Athleticism. So when we get in half-court sets, it's not exactly you know our bread and butter, especially without Musa Cisse. Speaking of Musa Cisse, he jumped in and played for like, I don't, I don't know, two minutes, but he got a standing ovation. And I think he kind of got every, everybody on the team fired back up so even though it wasn't necessarily you know he, he contributed a lot on the floor the way he contributed was still massive i i could say you could say even more massive avery anderson you know he had a good game um it was nice to see the okies uh show up and show out caleb boone was on fire guys that's three bedlams in a row that caleb boone has come to play so I guess he just really, really, really likes Bedlam or really doesn't like the other guys because Mike Boynton has said it. Mike Boynton has said the words, we don't like them. I love it. It's a breath of fresh air. Every coach on campus should not like them. Every coach on campus should not be like, ah, oh, just another game. Just another game on the schedule. Yeah, get, get out of here with that. These players know it means a little bit more. And they played that way. And Mike Boynton knows, knows it means a little bit more. 
which is why he coaches that way. And which is why he says what he says. And he does what he does. He's a good one. You got you go. You do have to, you know, win games. So next season is going to be massive for Mike Boynton. But we have proven time and time again this year that we're we're not a team to sleep on. You know, Bryce Thompson, Oki comes out for Bedlam, drops almost twenty on him. Caleb Boone, another Oki comes out on Bedlam, drops a cool fifteen, and has a bunch of boards and some big time putbacks and big time slams. We talked about every Anderson. You know, it's been a rough year for Avery Anderson. I think everybody, kind of like Spencer Sanders, has been saying, oh, this is going to be the year for Avery. Oh, this is going to be the year for Avery. And, you know, it just hasn't exactly taken off for him. But this was a, a good game for him. You know, 14 points with an injured wrist. And his defense, his defense is really what has separated him over the, the guy we saw you know, four years ago, compared to the guy we see now, uh, Avery Anderson, he did jump into the thousand points milestone. So congratulations on that one. Uh, Woody Newton, his first start comes off the comes off of being on the bench right for a year and a half, two years, and in his first start, puts up twelve points and provides a lot of energy. Keon Williams jumped in, provided a lot of energy. Um, you know, defensively, we know how good we are, right? When you hold the, the opposing team 26% from the three-point arc, okay, that means your athleticism is showing itself. When you shoot 41% from the three-point line, that's something that we've been missing all year. And then, obviously, 42% from the field. Those numbers are going to win us a lot of games. It doesn't matter who we play. If we're putting up those kind of numbers and we're getting this kind of production – we're going to be able to make a run because we're doing all of this, again, without Musa Cisse. When you combine Musa Cisse, guys, because Caleb Boone's been hot. Caleb Boone has been red hot lately. This is a team that's going to be dangerous come March. We just got to keep showing up in Galgraba, and, and the players got to do their part and keep putting together those type of performances so that way we we can, you know, we can make a, a run at this thing. Speaking of making runs, everybody on here knows that my favorite sponsor has always been Built Bar. And if you don't know what Built Bar is, well, they're realistically the only company that makes protein bars that legitimately taste like candy bars. And with only 130 calories, it's, it's a no-brainer, guys. With the, the, the churro and the peanut butter brownie and the coconut almond and the double chocolate or the coconut puff or the cookies and cream, flavors are endless. And again, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. It's going to do what you need it to do while also actually tasting good. Do yourself a favor right now. Go to Walmart. You can buy yourself a box of Bill Bar, a four-bar box right now at Walmart. Or if you're closer to Sam's Club, run over there, grab yourself a 13-bar box. Hit all of the flavors that we just covered, and you will definitely thank me later. Do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com or Built Bar and get hooked up, guys. So we're talking about running a little bit, and we're talking about how we were able to run the floor, expand our offense a little bit more, rely on some athleticism. Um, And now, now you guys have probably heard Spencer Sanders found his landing spot. You know, um, uh, he's gonna do he's gonna do okay at Ole Miss. 
It is really, really odd, though, that they brought in the five-star transfer from LSU Howard. And they also brought in Jackson Dart, another four- or five-star transfer from USC last season. Did Jackson Dart light the world on fire? No. No, he didn't. But you're telling me that you got Jackson Dart coming back with multiple years, right? You've got this five-star freshman coming in that is supposed to be able to add instantaneous uh, depth. And now you have Spencer Sanders uh, joining the fold. It seems like a crowded room to me. Uh, I, I hope Spencer Sanders wins the job. I don't think he would have he would have done this if they're telling him, hey, come show up to be third string. But, yeah, man, I, I think the writing is is on the wall. that he's, he's got a tough task ahead of him. But he's betting on himself. And Lane Kiffin is a guy that I think could get a lot out of Spencer Sanders, a lot more than we got out of him, if we're being honest. I really, I really thought his best option was going to be Ole Miss, but after they got the Howard kid, I just it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But it is what it is. Um, he should have struck the Auburn deal when the iron was hot, but you know you miss the boat sometimes, and you 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 live and you learn. One thing I will say about this Spencer Sanders thing, I, I do think that the, it'll be a decent case study now to show that if you leave. Sometimes, a lot of times, the grass is not greener and you get stuck in limbo like, like Spencer did. And then you go from having a multitude of options to having basically no options very quickly, all because he decided to leave. Now, I see people slamming Spencer. I think that's ridiculous because I don't think this was on Spencer. I don't think Spencer necessarily wanted to leave. Spencer just wanted a real offense or some real play calling or some real consideration as to what the, the the next level of progress was going to be and it didn't happen so as much as i don't want to see spencer go nowhere as much as it, it it felt like you know he could circle the wagon and come back around at the end of the day it was a communication problem not a spencer problem i mean it, it's already been talked about the communication between Gundy and players is, is sometimes uh, an issue because this was where the messages got crossed is what Robert Allen said on this one. He thought one thing, Gundy thought another thing. He showed back up and, you know, neither of them thought that the other one was thinking what they were thinking. Again, it's communication. Shouldn't be that massively difficult. Even if you're not going to do it yourself, I mean, have your coordinators set <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. There's a lot of positives in football. There's a lot of positives. And we've covered uh, quite a bit of them. A lot of positives coming in baseball as well. So we're going to cover that here in a little while. Uh, but before we skedaddle on off here, I do have to take a circle around the rumor mill. Yes, you have heard that Jim Knowles and Mike Gundy have had conversations. Yeah. Okay. Um, it then snowballed into Knowles coming to Stillwater. Obviously, if they're willing to have a conversation, then that's a good thing. But I just, I still don't see it, guys. I, I still, I still don't see how we can choose anybody other than Joe Bob. I mean, we've been talking about it for a week now. Joe Bob is the likely candidate, and it makes the most sense. Now, if you were to bring in a Jim Knowles, that might be the only guy that could come in and not irritate Joe Bob because he's been passed over already. It just makes the most sense to me to, to stick with what we got. Um, 
yeah, the Jim Leonard stuff, that would be cool. Obviously, Jim Knowles would be cool. Um, there, there's some candidates out there. But with the defense and how confident and comfortable they are with the coaches that we already have on staff, it just, again, it would surprise me if we went outside the program for this one. Um, uh, what was uh, the other thing on the rumor mill was, um, oh, about uh, – Spencer Sanders might be coming back. I think obviously this dispels that myth. I think the rumors that were going around were more about where he was going, less about coming back to Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, that's about, oh, the, the Kale Dundee thing. People can say whatever they want. I'm still hearing that that's a definite, definite possibility. It's definitely something that um, we could have an announcement on. But some of the other stuff, yeah, Jim Knowles is a pipe dream, but it, it's cool to dream. I would just say that it would be better for us to get prepared for Joe Bob unless something crazy happens. Makes the most sense. Uh, the players are comfortable with that. Gundy's obviously comfortable with that. Are we going to be able to find somebody of Derek Mason or Jim Knowles' status to come in and learn everything just like Derek Mason did and keep all of the staff in place without bringing any of his dudes? It just seems unlikely. So that's all we got for this one, guys. Tune in for the next one. Um, we got a lot of baseball stuff, softball news coming coming around the, the pipeline. So that'll be some fun stuff to cover. Until next time, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Later, y'all.